When I first came to St. Cyril's, one of the things, God, I can't believe that, it's been 24 years that I have been here. An incident occurred right here, and it occurred in that pew right there, in the front one, right there. That's where you're sitting. One Sunday, I will not forget, I don't, I won't forget, I just asked the parishioners to turn to each other and as a beginning of my homily to just share with one another what they are most grateful for. What is it that God has given them that they are most grateful for? And as people were turning, I was up here by myself and so I was going to go down and get uh, talk to a parishioner. And in this pew right there at, that, at the other end, this, on the end of this pew, there was a, a, an old man. Uh, some of you old-timers here would know him. His name was Herschel Nixon. And Herschel, at the end of his life, he was probably by that time in his 80s, and he was suffering from Parkinson's disease. And I still remember him in the front pew. He's passed away many years ago. But I still remember him, you know, doing shaking in the Parkinson's. You could tell he had Parkinson's. Anyway, I stepped down and I walked over there and I said, uh, I put my hand out and I said, hi, because I didn't know many people. He said, I said, hi, my name's Mario. And he, he said, I know. And, and he says, my name is Herschel. And so I said, well, so Herschel, what, what are you most thankful for? And I was waiting to expect, you know, my children, my grandchildren. I was expecting something like that. And Herschel said something to me that turned out to be almost like a gut punch, like somebody had punched me in the gut. He said to me, I am most grateful for my Parkinson's. And then, I won't make a long story out of this, but then I said, why? Why? And he said something I've never forgotten that has always stayed with me. He said, the way that I have gotten to know God through my experience of this illness and having to draw closer to him, if I had it to do over again, I would choose to get it again because of what it has brought about in my life, the reaction, how close, how I have gotten to know God through this. It, it literally just has haunted me ever since then. Now, the reason I bring that up today is because the gospel today uh, made me think a lot deeper because at first you're thinking, oh, isn't that nice? You know, one of the ten came back and said, thank you to Jesus. That was so nice of him. And we, are, we would be tempted to just kind of 
you know, uh, look at the gospel as if it were, oh, nice. That, it sure is nice to say thank you. But that's not what Jesus is doing here. Now, let me, let, let me introduce the fact that what he says, has no one come to me, return to say thank you except for this man? Yeah. We're not nine healed, and then where are the, I mean, we're not ten healed, where are the other nine? But it's what he says after that that catches my attention. He turns to the leper, and he says, Go, your faith has saved you. Now just hang on to that sentence. Go, your faith has saved you. One of the th reasons that, that one of the things that came into my mind was how is it that God thinks? And what are God's priorities? Because when you pray and when you ask God for stuff and we rely on him, what are his priorities? And you'll see how it relates to this. The other moment in the Gospels that it just amazes me, remember when Jesus comes down from the Mount of the Transfiguration, he comes down and he says, now I must go to Jerusalem where I will be arrested, tortured, crucified, and on the third day the Son of Man will rise. Of course, the apostles don't understand. They just hear he's going to go get arrested and, and tortured and killed. Now, Peter, Peter says something to Jesus that is extremely normal. I, I've used this before. If I told you that later on this evening, I was going to go to the Target down here on Westheimer, and I was going to be kidnapped, and I was going to be tortured and killed, what would most of you say? Maybe not all of you, but, but what would most of you say? Most of you would say, oh, Father, don't go there. May that not happen to you. That is extremely normal, right? I, my correct response should be, Thank you. Jesus says, I am about to go get arrested. I am going to be killed. And I'll the Son of Man will rise. And Peter says exactly what I just said. Oh, Lord, may that not happen to you. Now, you, he expects Jesus to say, thank you. What does Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, I don't, I'm not going to respond necessarily to that. It's what he says right after that, that just, that the implications just get to me. He says to Peter, you are thinking like man does, not like God. Now, just hang on to that for a minute. If Peter was saying something that we would consider normal, and Jesus is saying, that's not the way 
God thinks, then God does not think like we do. So when it comes to my relationship with God, I, I can ask for stuff, I can ex have expectations, but my expectations need to include the fact that God doesn't think like I do, and that he might have a different path for me. And so when I started thinking about that, I started seeing the scenes in Jesus' life where the priorities of people are not the priorities of Jesus. Do you, do you remember when the, the, the paralytic man in a stretcher, that Jesus is at, is at this house and they can't get close to him. And so the guys, he's got evidently four guys that are, they lift him up to the top of the house on the roof. They dismantle part of the roof and they bring him down so that he's in front of Jesus. Now, through all that rigmarole, what is it that the man wants? He wants to walk, right? He wants to walk. The man comes down in front of Jesus. It's obvious what the man wants. Obvious. What does Jesus say to him? He doesn't say, oh, you want to walk. I'll give you what you want. He says, your sins are forgiven. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is, what is the priority of Jesus? The priority of Jesus is not that this man walk. That's not his priority. He is looking at the interior health of the man. His priority is not his physical health, even though that's important, his priority is the spiritual health of this man. Now, in the scene, the Pharisees are out there, and they're thinking, who is this man? Think, Who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins, and they are absolutely correct. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knows what they're thinking. And he says to them, why do such thoughts come into your mind? And then he says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on this earth to forgive sins. Then he turns to the paralytic and, and, well, he says to the Pharisees, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat and walk? Of course, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven because nobody can see the effect of that. But Jesus says, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on this earth to forgive sins, then he turns to the paralytic man and he says, Pick up your mat and walk. Now, 
First of all, you see the priority of Jesus is the internal man. What was the reason for the inter for the paralyzed man to be cured? It wasn't because he wanted to be cured. Jesus used it as a sign of his authority. It was not primarily because to give the paralytic man what he wanted. It was a sign of his authority. The paralytic man got what he wanted, but it was not primarily because that's what he wanted. He got the forgiveness of sins, but he wasn't looking for that. Do you remember, let me give you another story. You remember when Jesus multiplies the bread and the fish, the loaves and the fish, and everybody eats? Yeah. And then after that, that miracle, the, the gospel says that they had to, that Jesus had to run away and hide. You know why? Because they wanted to make him king. They wanted, you know, free food. Free food. I think he was the first Democrat. <laughs> but, 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 you know, free food. Let's make this dude king. Let's make this dude king. And so Jesus runs away, and when they find him, he says to, he says to them, I tell you, you are not looking for me because you have seen signs, but because you have eaten your fill of bread. I tell you, you should be working for food that does not of this world, but the food of heaven, which will never leave you hungry. Something like that, he says. Notice again his priorities. His priorities are not, the, 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 the sign was done not to feed the hungry, even though that was the, the thing, but the sign was that there is something higher. All of Jesus' miracles are done so that you can look up and have a different desire than your physical problems be addressed. All of them. They are signs. They are not an end in itself. Which is the exact thing that Jesus is trying to say. That your life in this world and solving the problems of this world might be, it's, it's important in its own right. But it's not the most important thing to God. The most important thing to God is not about here. It's about your relationship with him and looking up to your final destination, to your final telos. Telos means your final end. That's the priority. Forgive sins. Look up at the sign to God. Now, Come today to the gospel today. He heals ten lepers. Nine go off. I once read a book which was very interesting. It was a book on a story. He made up stories of why the, what the other nine went to do. The other nine were just super hyper. I got to get to my family. I, I got to tell them this. I've got, I, God, I haven't been to McDonald's in Palestine for a long time. Something like that. 
And this one dude comes back. And Jesus says, we're not nine, ten healed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks to God but this Samaritan? Now at that point, you could think, wow, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. The Samaritan came to give thanks. We also need to give thanks to God. That's fine. But do you notice what Jesus says to him after that? He says, go, your faith has saved you. Now just be with that. What's the implication for the other nine? The other nine received the same miracle, the same healing. But the same, this healing did absolutely nothing towards their ultimate relationship with God. Did nothing. It's just like eating your fill of bread. It's just like getting cured and being able to walk. That is not Jesus' priority. He says to the man, your faith has saved you. What has saved him? The faith that Jesus is talking about is a sense of gratitude that his relationship with God has been transformed in, by gratitude. And the gratitude that he has towards God is his salvation. It's the relationship with God that has changed and that is the great gift, not the cure of leprosy. That's what Herschel Nixon was telling me. What Herschel Nixon was telling me was that he didn't get cured. He didn't get cured of Parkinson's. But he got a gift that was much greater than not having Parkinson's. And that's what this man, his attitude towards God, had been transformed. He had been saved. Now notice what, it, what Jesus means by that. Because by that, Jesus, you know, these days, especially down here in the South, when there's a lot of evangelical Protestants that are, not all evangelical Protestants are superficial, but many of them are. And here's the point. They say, have you been saved? Oh, yes, I've been saved. Jesus saved me. That's nice. But it's not there. It's not what Jesus was intending. You see, I, I use this example. If you go to the doctor and you have an infection, and the doctor says, ha, ah, I, that's been cured. We can cure that, no problem. And he gives you these antibiotics, okay? And these antibiotics, you're supposed to take one three times a day for three weeks. You can take the antibiotics and you can go, yeah, see, I've got this infection, but science has already saved me and show me the antibiotics. Problem is, if you don't take them, it doesn't matter how much science has already solved it. You need to internalize what has happened 
And that internalization, the internalization of the antibiotics is what slowly transforms your insides into health. The fact that we already know this is cured is, is nice, but you got the, the issue about being saved is not about you going to heaven the way you are. That's not the point. When we think, am I saved or am I not saved, we are thinking that we're going to, after you die, you're just sort of going to go to heaven and there's, heaven is this huge stadium. We're all, we're all going to be sitting there looking at God going, wow, God. That's not salvation. Heaven is primarily not a place you go. Heaven is you, yourself, your interior self, transformed into gratitude for to God. And sometimes that gratitude to God, not sometimes, all the time, that is his first priority. And that sometimes it may come the way Herschel's did. Herschel's came through not being healed. Not being healed of Parkinson's. And he was so grateful for that gift that he preferred it even if God would have given him not to have it. Herschel had been transformed internally and that was his beginning of heaven. And this man, this 10th leper, was transformed. The fact that his leprosy left him is a secondary issue. The primary issue is his gratitude. So what's the point of my homily? Look, we, I sometimes think we treat God as if he were like a spiritual vending machine. You know, like, I know what I want. God, I want this. And so if you put enough quarters and prayers and stuff like that in, into the God machine, you're going to get what you want. But sometimes the problem is not how much it costs or whatever you think it is. It's you wanting the wrong thing. You're wanting, and God is saying, I know you want that, but I can't let you have that at the cost of what's more important. And what's more important is that you be transformed in your interior relationship with God into a relationship of gratitude. Because, folks, that is the beginning of heaven. Heaven is not a place you go to primarily. Heaven is your interior self transformed into gratitude, into a relationship with God of gratitude. Notice the miracles that were performed. Those 10 other nine lepers had absolutely no benefit. Just because you get a miracle from God does not mean Jack. It doesn't mean Jack. Why? Because that's not God's priorities. So, final. 
you got to trust God. Because God knows what he, want, what he wants for you. And sometimes your priorities and God's priorities are not the same. You're thinking like man does, not like God. It always, whenever I say stuff like this, it always makes me think of Garth Brooks. You ever heard, if you've not ever heard of Garth Brooks, I mean of his song, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Look it up. Sometimes God, God will always answer your prayers in one of three ways. He will say yes. Or he may say, not yet. Or he may say, no, I have a better idea. I have a better idea. So just remember that thing that Peter, Peter thought he was being normal. And Jesus said, you're thinking like man does. God loves you, but his priorities are probably not exactly the same as yours. God bless. Amen.